0: The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network, and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, episode 129.
1: Janet West, Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection.
2: All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Beat. Say that a lot.
1: I know that this could be dangerous, but this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about
2: getting us to where we're going.
0: Hi, I'm Jack Barozini, and you're listening to The Secret to Stargate, where I talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate movies, TV series, and more. And joining me today, our father, Corey Stika. Hi, father. Howdy, Jack. And Lisa Jones. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jack. And Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor.
2: I knew you were going to say that.
3: Hi, Jack. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the puns are starting already. Oh, Indeed.
0: <laughs> today, we are discussing the 21st episode of season six, Prophecy, or Prophesy, depending on whichever you <laughs> want to say.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Jonas starts to have visions of the future, which come true with alarming accuracy. He and the team investigate a planet where the inhabitants are oppressed by the ghoul, the Lord Baal. Jonas discovers that his visions are being caused by a tumor in his brain. But before it can be removed, he has a vision of SG-1 being ambushed by the Jaffa at the Stargate. He warns General Hammond, who is able to prevent the attack. Jonas has the tumor removed and he recovers. The team is grateful to Jonas for saving their lives. And Jack seems to finally be recognizing his value to the team. Right in time for him to be gone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> what are your thoughts on this episode, Father?
3: Well, this one wasn't too bad. Uh, I mean I I kinda like the idea that he could have this this uh these prophecies. And of course, you know, you have Samuel scientifically by Newtonian physics. I don't think Newtonian physics cares about whether you can tell the future or not. But anyways, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> No, it, this is this isn't a bad one. Of course, this this very much a Jonas centric one. You know, focusing more on him and trying to figure out his place in the team. Like you said, right before, well, he leaves the team. But, anyways, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thought that was.
0: I mean, it's good we're getting a Jonas episode before the end. But at this point, <laughs> what about you, Lisa?
1: yeah I guess it's bittersweet because we know Jonas is about to leave and i i I really like him and I've liked him all season um and i I really enjoyed the whole you know is it can you tell the future is it determined or you know does it change if you like he warns them so is that was supposed to happen or did it happen because it I really liked that argument and kind of mentally thinking about it, and uh it just made it. You know, like where Carter still gets injured. It's like, well, was that going to happen? Or did that happen because I told you? Mm -hmm. So I I liked that uh, mental conundrum, you know, got me thinking. So, and I don't, I don't know if you can tell the future or not. So,
0: I guess it depends on what you're telling the future about. (laughs) True. (laughs) I can predict that I'm
2: about to ask Victor uh, what he thought of the episode. So there we go. I knew you were going to say that. (laughs) no it's yeah they were definitely keeping their powder dry for next episode here they were (laughs) Mm -hmm. they were not going to pull out any of the stops on this one I, i mean i like that it's a jonas episode but it just didn't click for me and for a number of reasons there's it's like a balloon that deflates itself you know sam says well we don't know if we can change the future which you've done already in two episodes (laughs) with time traveling episodes (laughs) and then and then the the whole main kind of twist of this episode is is you know jonas sees a horrific you know vision of the future and it's up to you know jack and the other sg leaders to somehow prevent it and we don't really like get a sense that anything that jonas did or foresaw changed anything until right at the very end so it's kind Mm -hmm. of it, it There's like a disconnect between what his visions are seeing and his actual ability to influence, you know, outcomes and stuff. So, I don't know, it just didn't, it didn't click for me. It kind of plotted along. Even scenes such as like the surgery scene with Jonas, like, weren't dramatic or tension filled. It just just seemed like it was taking up time until we get to the next episode.
1: <laughs> he did a lot of sweating, though.
2: He did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, Jack seemed especially
0: flippant this episode.
2: Yes, he did. <laughs> that comes and goes.
0: <laughs> yeah. True. yeah. I, I wonder if it is the how much uh, Richard Dean Anderson was invested in the episode is where you get that mm. level. Could be. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting idea. And I, I kind of agree with you, Victor, towards the end when he tells General Hammond about not opening the iris because a bomb's going to come through. And then it kind of gets very muddled and lost. And then he does open the iris and everything ends up being okay. So I, I don't mm-hmm. know if the point was, well, I guess it was Jonas changed the future by telling them that the gold were going to get the,
3: mm-hmm. the well, uh, it was, was, it was, um, the radio. It was Jonas, yeah. It was yeah. by Jonas convincing general Hammond to call on the radio, got the guy, the traitor mm-hmm. to sound the alarm. Even though he wasn't supposed yeah. to, and if he hadn't sounded the alarm, SG One would have been ready or wouldn't have been ready for the the uh, Jaffa coming after them. But mm-hmm. because they sounded the alarm, SG One was alerted just barely in time. And and it allowed the true
2: hero of this episode, Elori, or Elori's daughter, Natanya, to to shoot Mott, the main bad That's guy, true. and stuff. <laughs> yeah, so, I like that part. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. so it's like SG. <laughs> SG-1 didn't really do anything, it was more, but the villagers did, and so that was mm-hmm. good.
1: They empowered them.
2: Yes.
0: Yep. Yeah, just kind of, because they didn't foresee that calling was going to alert the Jaffa and have them put, turn on the alarm and all that, so mm-hmm. it was kind of like happy accidents that ended up working out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I, I guess that works, but, you know. hmm <laughs> It is interesting that we see in this episode there are villagers who are still working with the ghould who have enslaved them. Like we mm-hmm. have I feel like pretty much every other time we've been to a planet, it's been pretty universal we should fight back against our oppressors, but it's nice to see some variety in that where mm-hmm. that's fairly realistic to how things go. You're gonna have some people who don't want to change the status quo, so
3: Yeah. Well, you had the one guy that actually had the little comm ball, communications ball that he was able yeah. to get a hold of the gold and, and get them there earlier than they expected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: And it doesn't seem like the gold really for being so backstabbing and conniving, they don't really do a good job of keeping tabs on each other. We see that both in this episode. And then in the next episode, there's a lot of, they don't really know what's going on, even though you, I feel like with all their intrigue, that would be one of the main things they'd want to do.
2: Yeah, maybe they're, I don't know, we we do see Gould spies, right? So the whole, so we know that that's a thing.
3: hmm
0: hmm Yeah, but Ball is just kind of forgotten about uh, this planet and Mott's still scraping some off the top. And,
1: well, I guess you think yeah. about it, he's got so much. That's true. He's hired his, you know, management. And you're gonna, I mean, they're Gould, so maybe there's an understanding that some of them are going to not be so trustworthy.
0: That's true. That's what you get for having middle management gould.
3: That's right.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I guess this is kind of like the uh, the office space then of Stargate. You got him scraping a percentage off the top, not oh, telling yeah. bosses. <laughs> it doesn't work out for him either.
2: No, it doesn't. I, d- I do like what we get to see of Mott. I mean, he was a pretty good gould while he lasted. For all like, five seconds. Yeah, yeah. Like Jack
1: Jack says, "Like this is where you tell me about all of the the bad things you're, you know." And he's like, "Yeah, basically."
2: Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Although I do kind of feel like Jack's hanging a lantern on how evilly evil and overtop the ghouls are has kind of run its course because he does it every time we see a ghoul. He's <laughs> yeah. like, "All right, we get it. We know we know the ghouls are goofy and we're okay with that. You don't have to point it out." <laughs>
3: Well, and this this Lisa Gould that had a plan, you know, like, yeah. okay, I will torture the code out of you. I will mm-hmm. send a bomb into SGC. I will rid us of this these meddling humans. Mm-hmm. All the other ones are like, we're going to go and fly over to Earth and menace for a while and then get blown up. He's like, no, I'm just <laughs> going to throw a bomb through and then deal with it. And then we're
2: going to invert gravity and drop drops of acid on you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. It's like a Bond villain. Yeah. yeah, I, I
3: suppose you expect me to die. <laughs> yep. No, Mister Bond, I I expect you to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, I just said that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. No. <laughs> Do you expect me to talk? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: I kind of wish we'd gotten more Jonas-centric episodes throughout the season because I feel like for a, a good fifty percent, he's almost just a background character, and then every so mm-hmm. often he pops up. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. The primary focus, but it's, it seems like pretty much every time he is, they have to talk about it's probably not the, the quadria that is causing whatever's going on with him. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at this point, mm-hmm. you might want to do some more long term tests. He's having all these weird <laughs> exactly. physiological things going on. It's like they didn't think asbestos was bad for us or uh, like radium, and we see what how that's happened. So you can't really rule out that the quadria is not a problem. Yeah,
3: well, and of course, in this case, they, they, he basically has the same. Hey, you know, I was in that machine for an hour. That may have had something to do yeah. with it. Yeah, and she what? was literally ripping apart my DNA. That may have something to do with it.
1: <laughs> and they did not. So they reversed whatever she did to Carter, mm-hmm. but they didn't stick Jonas back in there and
3: nope. reverse. No. His.
1: Okay. That that makes total sense.
0: I think it's because he didn't have any effects, at least any visible right. effects, which. Mm-hmm. That's just poor medicine, right there. But yeah, yeah. it's like
2: if if you are not turning into water, you are probably okay. Yeah, well, I, mean,
3: <laughs> I mean it was it was clear in that episode that because his species had left Earth, his his race had left Earth, you know, three thousand years ago and lived on this other planet, that it affect that the just the evolution had affected him enough where he could be stable with these,
2: yeah, these DNA transitions. Mm-hmm. And and he was on a planet that was rich with na- naquadria, which I think mm-hmm. probably influenced, you know, yep. their physiology somehow. Mm-hmm. But we never really get like a good explanation for what Jonas's, for lack of a better word, his, like abilities or superpowers are. We know he has like a like a photographic memory. He can learn things really quick, mm-hmm. yep. but um, it's never really explicit like, you know, w- what else he can do. And then in this episode, you can see the future for a few for a few minutes
1: it's only like short term, right in the next part. He can't see if you, you know, like really far what's going to happen. Right. It's always like what's going to happen in the he, next 10 minutes.
2: He, yeah. And it, and at first it's like it's only things that he will experience in the future. So he can mm-hmm. see what he's experiencing in the future. But then when he's in surgery, he can see across the the universe or across the galaxy to right. the other planet and see what's happening there. Which is more helpful. It's yeah. more helpful, but it's, it's not. Not really more plausible if the rules you've ex- established <laughs> are like I can see what I'm going to know in the future or something. Yeah,
0: maybe it's. I guess you can hand hand wave that away by saying as the tumor grows, it gets his abilities get more powerful, <laughs> yeah. and mm-hmm. it still yep. doesn't answer why he would see exactly what he needs to see. To yeah, have not
3: just like said out. he was.
1: Yeah, concentrating. Remember, mm-hmm.
3: he yeah, was concentrating. Okay. Okay. Yeah cuz he he gets to the point where he's actually focusing on okay what is going to happen to SG1 at this point. That's true. Yeah. You know? So that 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 makes that makes some sense. And in some of it of course at first it was seeing things through his view. And they they, mm-hmm. they actually did a good job with the camera on this where either they filmed the same scene from two different angles or they refilmed the scene twice.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. But
3: mm-hmm. the first couple of times we see it through his eyes so it's from the person that's speaking or that's acting. From his eyes. But then when when it's SG one being gunned down, you see it exactly filmed as we see it on the series or on the Yeah. That's later called on
0: budget constraints <laughs>
2: <Yep>.
3: Yeah. <laughs> we don't really know
2: how sudden onset Hoctar works. So Yeah.
0: <laughs> as an aside, that does make me think of just talking about the the way this time future seeing tumor would work. Uh, One of the only (laughs) things I liked about Man of Steel is that scene where he's a kid and he's like, his abilities are starting to work and he like cannot filter out all the noise and all the light and everything.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: Like, I always Mm -hmm. like that about that because that kind of helps explain or give you a a good idea of like how horrible being able to hear and see everything miles away would actually be. Yeah. Yeah. So it would have been cool if there had been some point where. He was just like seeing tons of random things, just flipping through from different people, yeah. like within SG One or something like that. Like that could have been a precursor to him having to concentrate, but I guess we don't really have enough time in this episode yeah. to to flesh that out more.
2: Yeah, I mean, this was kind of the Spock's brain of Stargate SG One season six. Ooh, that's Boy, just that, the that's, the, that's just a the well, I mean, it's, Spock's brain isn't a terrible episode, but it, it is like <laughs> the sur- the surgery at the end that just the scene just goes on way too long. You know, it's just Dr. Frazier and the surgeon like looking at each other and looking concerned and looking back and like they didn't even get out like the skull saw that you always see whenever yeah. they have to do brain surgery. And something. they're like, well, we have to you're just like, oh, what they do, like just drill yeah. in or something. But well, they, they
3: had a bleeder, though, you know, they had a bleeder,
2: <laughs> yeah, for
1: sure. They're going to pull out like, you know, they like. Plop it on a tray or something, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, there it is. Cause they're like, Oh, I see it. And I'm like, Yeah, are you going to show us? Or, no?
3: well, you know, it, it okay. shows how well equipped, you know, uh Stargate Command is. They actually have an you know, a, a room that in the sick bay they can use for surgery. Now, mind you, it's not actual surgical suite. It's just a room that they turned yeah. into a surgical suite
1: <laughs> yeah. and brain surgery, no less. Yeah. yeah.
3: And did
0: he, I don't think he had a bandage on his head at the end of the episode. He did. He, he had
3: one just around where the scar would have. Well, been. you could see a little bit yeah. of a bandage, and then yeah. he had like a skull cap on. Yeah. Okay.
0: Because okay. I remember he had like a yeah had a hat on, but you could see a little bit like, of
3: a bandage peeking out.
0: Didn't look like he'd just gone <laughs> through major brain surgery.
1: Well, and how long had it been? Because you notice Carter's arm wasn't in the sling anymore either. No.
0: Okay. True.
3: No.
1: So could have like, been like
3: a week later. Did yeah. y'all
1: not see him for a while? Like.
3: It's a long vacation. Yeah. SG-1 was too busy cleaning up after the gold. I don't know. They went fishing (laughs) at uh, Jack's cabin.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Carter was working on her Volvo or something.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I do like how he specifically calls out the fact, because when he first tells them, they don't really believe him again. And he calls out the fact they didn't believe him when <laughs> yeah. he saw the bug aliens in that episode yeah. where nothing mattered. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I like that they actually pointed
2: that out.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> They're like begrudgingly like, yes, that's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Gore one for, for Jonas. Yep.
0: <laughs> and so... Another thing that's vague about Jonas and his background from his planet: Does everyone on the planet have his photographic memory and his like high aptitude for learning things quickly, or is it just him? Because I don't think we really get that talked he, about either. He, I don't know if they
2: really mention it. It doesn't he, seem like it, though. He said he said in a previous episode that he was considered to be a prodigy even among his mm-hmm. own people. So he maybe, could have been talking himself up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
1: I'm special.
2: I'm big in on my world's version of <laughs> Japan. <laughs> yeah. yeah you know, and it's, didn't uh, they
1: say he'd advanced for, for being so young. He was yeah. in a high position and he was really doing well. So I always got the impression that he was, that was not normal for them.
0: Yeah. That's, that's what it seems like. Cause he's probably only in his mid twenties at this point. Mid-late 20s. Yep.
1: Probably. So it's got that baby know. face.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Needs to grow a beard. Yeah. <laughs> and they also talk about, uh, back with uh, Carter and Jonas and their uh, discussion about uh, quantum mechanics versus Einsteinian physics, or Newtonian physics, and uh, they talk about, like, when you observe, like, observing particles, y- you cannot observe where they're going to be and all that. And then they, they kind of tie that into the prophecy on the planet, which is a very vague prophecy. It's like Mm -hmm. in the future, someone will come and save us. (laughs) That's basically any most, like any culture is going to have a, a prophecy like that. Like that's pretty universal. So
2: especially one that's enslaved at the moment. Right. I mean, it's like you got to give people hope somehow. And then, yeah, I, I, This would have worked better without the prophecy on the planet because it's just kind of like, you know, bookending it. They mention it at the beginning and then they forget about it until the very end. And he's like, no. And it doesn't really have any bearing on the plot. So,
0: I feel like they they had too many different things they wanted to do in this episode and they didn't really fully explore any of them. Mm -hmm. Like if they wanted to lean into the whole prophecy thing and kind of juxtapose that against Jonas being able to see the future and... Kind of dealing with determinism and all that, then they should have had the people on the planet like treat s g one like they were a messiah or something, and you could like tie those two things together, but they don't really do that, and we only see a few of the villagers and there's like a couple bad ones, and then there's the main guy who's good and mm-hmm. his daughter but we don't really yeah. see a lot of the people, anyways.
2: Natanya, who's like super, like not only does she like shoot and kill Mott, but she also breaks them out of prison with that yeah. like mm-hmm. sleepy wine or something. And I like that look where like yeah. Jack is yeah. like, "Hey, pass some of that our way," and she's like, "No, no, you she's don't want Your head. This. So, <laughs> yeah, this isn't for you." And then they like drink it and go sleepy time. And yeah, I like, I like, you know, she's awesome in this episode. Mm -hmm.
0: She's the best character in this episode. Yeah. She actually does more than anyone else. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I also want to know what kind of diminishing returns Mott was getting from this (laughs) nearly drained Nakwido mine. Like, at what point is this not worth it anymore?
2: I don't know. You get like five or six nearly depleted mines, right? And
3: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he just keeps building up the cast off. Next thing you know, he's got some power.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just want to know how much fuel he has to expend to get yeah, to these that's planets.
3: True. Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and how often does he have
1: to go? I don't know. But you know, they the weren't Ball really seems... in threat of rebelling, right? Yeah. On their own.
2: He's like, buy this mothership to get to work. Go to work yeah. to pay for the mothership. ends. Yeah. <laughs> <Never laughs>
3: pretty. Of course, much. Ball seems yeah. arrogant enough that it's like, well, they're only producing half of the capability that they are supposed to. Well, they're they're forget them. We're done with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, so that there could still be plenty of life left in that mine, you know, plenty of life left in those slaves. So, you know, we'll you know, we'll, we'll take it, you know.
0: Yeah. I wonder what almost depleted means like. Is it like you're getting grams of the stuff or it's just not like falling off the walls?
3: Anymore? They only filled one two person carried box full of Nakuza. That's exactly. not enough.
2: <laughs> well, they do mention that they had they were sick and they couldn't get as much as like they could and and you know Mott executed a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I, I assume it's I don't know. it it has to be something substantial, right? Because if it was just <laughs> a little bit, like, and they don't have a refinery or something there, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's something like where they just have to mine like tons of rock and then Mott takes it to a refinery, you know, on Teroknor or something, and <laughs> <Yeah>. turns, into, <laughs> turns it into whatever i I would
0: also question the uh efficacy of just using like hand tools to be mining this material when you give them (laughs) more advanced tools but i don't think the ghoul think too far ahead with that kind of thing
1: no maybe it's not about as much material as they can get as it is how many planets they have still enslaved
0: that they could count
1: as theirs so if you mine it too quickly, then you're not going to have, as, if it's already depleted, you're not going to have as much left. So it, maybe it's more about, we're just, we don't really need that Nakoda, but we're just going to.
0: got to pay it out slowly.
1: Yeah. Yep. It's like they got to they got a, um, what do you call it? Like it, it's a chart. Like how many planets do you have? Well, I have this many
3: yeah. Yeah. that are
1: still working for me and you have that many. I, have,
3: I have this many slaves. I have this many Jaffa. You know that that makes me more powerful than you. Type uh-huh. I think that that's, I think that's a big part of it. Actually, for the for the Gwauld, for the System Lords is who's most powerful. They're the ones with the most territory, with the most people under their thumb, and so on.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So they care about how many people they have following them and microtransactions. So the Gould are basically just Instagram influencers. <laughs> <They're>
2: <laughs> pretty EA. much, yeah.
3: They're they're EA Electronic Arts. You know, in the future. Hey, yeah. don't insult the ghoul yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They're about as arrogant as EA, so I <laughs> yeah. mean it works. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, I you know, I did have to laugh with every time I hear Mott, all I could think of was the the British rock band Mott the Hoople. All the young dudes oh. <laughs> was their big hit in the U.S. That's all I could think of every time I heard that. <laughs> I heard his name. It's like Wait, what?
0: <laughs> I thought they were saying Ma'at at first, which is like the Egyptian term for like the balance of the universe. No. Uh, when I was reading through, because Jack doesn't say Ba'al correctly. He calls him Ba'al. So I assumed he was just <laughs> saying yep. Um But it is, it's
3: M-O-T. Yep. And it was supposedly what the uh, Babylonian god before Ba'al. Yeah. It
0: just makes me think of the, uh, the applesauce brand Mott's. Mm. So maybe he has a side <laughs> hustle in applesauce. <laughs> there you,
2: go. you got the Mott's. That's Not all, good a flavored. Yeah.
3: <laughs> applesauce.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no sugar added.
2: Here yeah.
3: we go. And, uh,
2: the, uh, El- Lori, the, the chief of the village played by, uh, Thomas Capaci, who is, has been in just about everything. He's, um, known for being in the the four Star Trek, um, you know, next generation era spinoffs, next generation, Deep Space Nine, Voyager, really? and Enterprise. Yeah, he had a guest role in each of those series.
3: Oh, cool! Yeah,
2: nice. yeah. So he he gets around, still alive, <laughs> still with us, fortunately.
0: Yeah, I feel like every time I click on a link for the guest stars on this show, the it's always like Star Trek, Stargate, like all these, all mm-hmm. these same kind of sci-fi shows. So mm-hmm. that's why I yeah. recognize pretty much everybody.
3: Nightman, Sliders, yeah. Well, we've you know, of course, we mentioned before that uh, there are a lot of actors. They just did the Vancouver circuit back when mm-hmm. all these sci-fi shows were were being filmed in Vancouver in that okay. area. They back just when just TV
0: shows this. and movies were being made.
3: Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: And you could actually make a living just doing guest, you know, shots mm-hmm. on on these shows if you did enough of them.
1: Well, I would say there's, there's two in this episode that are both uh, been on One Calls the Heart, which is a Hallmark show that's in Vancouver.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, I, I noticed that, too, and Taylor Rothery is still on a um, – well, it's Netflix, but it's a Vancouver show currently. So, sure. it is funny how many shows are still going on up there, and the same people – I mean, yep. it's been twenty years, and they're all they're all working, and they're all working in the same place, and it's great. I mean, I just think and that's a nice
0: place. So <laughs> yeah. it is.
3: I wouldn't be jealous to live there.
1: Yeah,
0: for the weather at least.
3: Yeah. <laughs> it just rains six months out of the year. Yeah. Solid, just like Seattle. <laughs> that's, that's my kind of weather: cold and rainy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Plus, there's like some really great scenery up in uh, British Columbia. There, yeah. All the planets sure look like it. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. That has to be pretty nice.
0: <laughs> in space, everything is the Pacific Northwest. It's
1: what I've learned watching Stargate over the <laughs> exactly. years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: <laughs> that are sand.
2: It's like yeah, yeah, sand dunes. Well,
3: that's, that's you know that that that's what the ancients liked. You know, they they like that 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 type of. Type of planet so they they terraformed other planets to look like it <laughs> <laughs> you get
0: you know you get a little bit of sun you get your vitamin d then you can go back and be broody in the uh the
3: rainy forests it's a balance yep. you got your sand you know you got your sand dunes
1: i'm just surprised we haven't run into a a, a planet where everyone wears like the wool hats and like flannel and we, we never had planet, that, you know, right? was, Yeah, Yeah. <laughs> the planet of Canada? <laughs> that never happened.
2: <laughs> I seem to remember there being like a lot of like an, on Andromeda when they'd go to like an outpost or something, like a space outpost, there'd be a lot of people just dressed like Canadians.
3: I okay, mean, that's, that's Firefly. Yeah, yeah that's got, true. That too, yeah. Jane's <laughs> like hat yeah.
2: and stuff, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, another another trope in this is you get to see like everybody, all the main characters get shot and killed in it. You know, and it's like, oh no, there goes Teal. Oh no, Walter <laughs> just got shot. Oh no, General yep. got. And But, but you know, there's absolutely no. Yep. Like. Yeah. Consequence to it or anything. So you're just like, okay, they're just filling time. And, and now they have something to put in the commercial, you know? Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I do have to say when, like when Teal got shot, he's down and then he's like, <laughs>
2: yeah. I'm just
1: going to stand. I mean, and Jack's just watching. He's not, help yeah. i mean it, no. just, it was just so like dramatic i'm gonna stand up and have them shoot me in the back and i'm like
3: yeah well and, and not even what? that the 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 one um the major from sg15 looks at jack as he gets blasted like help me <laughs> and then teal gets blasted and he looks at jack and he gets mad and stands up get it's like jack's like whoops yeah yeah like, <laughs> this isn't this didn't work <laughs> huh Was I supposed to do something?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He was thinking about fishing. Yeah. Yeah. Either that or he couldn't, he was trying to come up with a snarky comment. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, It's like,
0: (laughs) (laughs) how can I turn this into a joke?
2: Uh, (laughs) Don't give up your day job, Teal'c. I don't know. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Do we have any, uh. Any alternate language? Uh, yeah, titles yeah, we for this do.
2: Um, yeah, most of them were were prophecy in in one or another languages here, so that wasn't super um, super duper exciting. But in in German, we <laughs> in German, we, well, our joke is always that they're very literal and stuff. And and this one is is Jonas Visionen or Jonas's visions. <laughs> so <Yeah>. that's
3: not <laughs> okay. bad. I think it'd be more literal as Jonas has visions of telling SG1 dying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs)
2: Exactly. I mean, that does basically cover it. Yeah. But in in every other language, it was like the prophecy or prophecy. So
3: Mm. nice. Awesome. Uh, Did y'all have any other thoughts on this episode? One one thing I got a kick out of is, you know, um, when Sam was electrocuted. And she's on the, the gurney heading to the, at the elevator and can't feel her pulse. Fraser does the thump, you know, not CPR, literally just take your fist and pound her in the chest. <laughs> it didn't work. Get, you know, well, use your, you know, your device to shock her back instead of <laughs> thumping her in the chest. That does no good. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe uh,
0: Terrell Rothry just had had something against Amanda tapping. And <laughs> yeah, she was really yeah. a little Amanda tapping that
3: day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little girl fight.
2: It's good to see Siler again, partially electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. His hands all scarred. You know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Compassion blow.
0: I hope he's going to get some good retirement benefits after all the time. <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, he the did, v- but- he'll get 100% disability from the VA and, you know, he'll, he'll be taken care of. They'll be fine as well as just all Purple Heart like awards. Yeah. <laughs> Medals. Yeah.
0: But they'll all be... What's the... I feel like there was a movie where someone won this big award but it was classified yep. or a classified thing so they gave it to him and then they just take it back.
3: Or I think that's something that might happen in real life. <laughs> that's something that happened in Stargate where like they talk okay, about with yeah. Sam. They talk yeah. About the oh, yeah. yeah, that's right. She yeah, got her award. Like of. they show her getting her award and then they had to take it back right away because she couldn't actually put it on her uniform. That's right, yeah.
0: Yeah. Been so long I'm forgetting episodes exactly. and referencing yeah. them now. Yeah. That was like a, that was like <laughs> yeah. season two. That's
2: when we yeah. met Jacob.
1: Oh gosh. Oh, yeah, that's right.
2: <laughs> there are people who believe that uh Stargate is the documentary, so maybe,
1: there you maybe go. that's
2: kind of what's it's happening. Not. Yeah. <laughs> well I didn't say it wasn't. I just said there are people who believe it is. Right.
3: But but of course, you know, we we wouldn't yeah. vow or, uh, that it is or isn't because we don't no. know have any classified information please don't come shoot us we,
0: <laughs> we know nothing yeah <laughs> see that's why they made the wormhole
3: extreme episode there, there yeah, exactly. it's a little plausible bomb. yeah deniability mm-hmm. plausible deniability Just, for the show There's yeah. plausible deniability for the real thing right although <laughs> there we go i have to
2: say after watching sequest now i have a newfound appreciation for michael Deloise, who played the uh who played the colonel in Wormhole Extreme, oh, nice. like the fake colonel. He's in two seasons of it. And it, I just, he's a, he's an amazing uh, comic actor and good. stuff and has some good dramatic things there too. I, I, I wish we could have seen more from him. Nice. Awesome. Uh, any other thoughts? Nope, not
0: here. <laughs> nope. Before we go, we'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secret to Stargate, including Sean K., Mark B., Noreen G., John A., and Michael C. Their generous donations at sqpn.com give make it possible for us to continue the secret to Stargate and all the shows at Starquest. And you can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and you can find the video versions at youtube.com slash starquestmedia. And to find previous episodes of Secrets of Stargate and to send us feedback, please visit sqpn.com stargate, and you can email us at stargate at sqpn.com, and follow Starquest on social media at facebook.com StarQuest starquestmedia, or on Twitter at sqpn. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the season finale of Season 6, Full Circle. Until then, Father Corey, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Lisa Jones, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you too. Thanks, Jack. And you go, you. Thank you. I, yeah. That touched me. <laughs> and once again, I'm Jack Brazzini. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Stargate on StarQuest.
3: Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it.
0: What do you think?
2: Here's another show on the
0: StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy, PlayStation Portable. Find it wherever fine podcasts are found or at starquest.fm PSP.